Welcome back to Bashida Cast. I'm your host, Craig, and I'm joined by Gav. Hi, Matt. I'm your co-host, Gav. And we've got another two people on with us today, haven't we? Uh, we've got Jack, uh, who's been on before, so kind of an honorary co-host. <laughs> honorary co-host is the one, isn't it? Uh, official introduction into the group if we had t-shirts you could have a t-shirt <laughs> we'll get them for the next event we've got official Bushido cast host jack um, and we're also joined today by jason the amazing jason enos oh um, yeah i think i've only been on once before so uh, i have to come on a few more times for my t-shirt i guess oh uh, yeah <laughs> I, I don't think you can ever get a t-shirt because you've been it's a conflict conflict of interest isn't it? Oh, if, you right, want, if you want to stay independent uh, maybe I'll trade you one for a GCT t-shirt. <laughs> maybe. I don't know. I want to I want to still be able to swear at you and all that sort of stuff. If I get a t-shirt, um, I don't know. We're, we'll see. We're, we're, we'll have a board meeting, a Shidocast board meeting, we'll discuss the term, shall we? Anyway, <laughs> um, we can edit that out. Um, today, we're here to talk about the something very, very special indeed, aren't we? Um, uh, yep. The, are we still calling it the Foxbox? I think that's his working title, isn't it? Uh, I, well, I, I call them followers of Inari, and I, they may have a different name. Trust you to do it properly. Maybe we should ask Jason. What's the box uh, so actually called? The, uh, the, the theme card in the box is called Followers of Inari, but I think the box will be Inari's Judgment. Ooh. Inari's uh. Judgment. That's the first time I've heard that. Exclusive for Vegito Gas. Thank you very much. That makes a lot Sounds of sense. Great. Have, have, can you give us a little bit um, a sense of what Inari's judgment is then? If I was to look at a box on the shelf, Jason, what am I going to see? Uh, so it's a themed warband, much the same as the uh, the Yuta or uh, the, the Wolf box. Um, this one comes with nine models. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's a, a sub-faction for Temple, which means that most of the models will be usable in Temple. They'll all have the Temple um, faction logo. Uh, but like the wolves and the the Utah, some of them will be restricted to the themes that you get in the box. Um, so it's uh, it's it's not specifically not a starter box, um, but it is a themed warband. So you can buy that, and that's a hundred rice, and you can play it straight out of the box. Right. So what is that? All the models in the box is a hundred rice. Bang on. Uh, no, this uh, it also comes with ten special cards, and there's a little bit of wiggle room. Yeah. So, so you you would have models you have to switch out. You would yeah, and since I don't think we've, we've quite mentioned it yet, they uh, all the models are uh, Kitsune based. Uh, so there are um, five Kitsune with three of them have alternate fox forms, and there is also a spirit of an Inari uh, Kami that's in the box. Um, so you can also use uh, Kota and Kyubi, who are all already out, already uh, Kitsune's in Temple uh, with this as well. Um, so there's there's quite a lot of um, ways to make different lists and uh, replace models for other models and try out new things Amazing. already. So yeah, so people who are familiar with the Kitsune that already exist in Rokan will have a general idea. Um, in terms of the visuals, I'm just trying to paint a little bit of a visual picture. Um, like what, what are the models look like? Are they quite similar to Kota and QD or are we seeing something completely new? Uh, so, uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, the, the basic idea is uh, uh, Kota is one of the shape-shifting Kitsune. Uh, so you will, there are three models in there which look a bit like Kota, 
and they also have a fox form like she does um and the other models in there are the uh the ones that stay in their uh hybrid form they don't shapeshift into a, a fox um and yeah they, they will look pretty similar one thing you will notice is the foxes are all a lot bigger um they're uh the quarters uh, fox form is going to be uh sort of mentioned as being almost only cub sized or kit sized possibly for fox um because she's quite young as a, a kit soon goes um the uh the, the other thing is that there these will all have rather than just being some foxes people carrying weapons these all do a lot of different roles in Kitsune society. So there are some without weapons. There are some with uh, very official-looking sun and moon staffs and right. uh, a variety of other things that they carry around. Uh, there's one with about 30 musical instruments. So <laughs> I was going to say, we saw the concept art some time ago, didn't we? With the, uh, it was the fox playing the guitar with the sound waves coming off. Uh, yeah, and he, he, if you look at his, uh, his belt and... Um, uh, his bags and things he's also got like an ocarina and some pan pipes and uh, a flute and various other things so uh yeah so, um, yes <laughs> brilliant brilliant so the models are um so slightly bigger in terms of boxes um are we allowed to say is it a metal or a resin box uh they are the box is going to be resin uh they yeah we've, we've done a lot of work since uh, those old models which were hand sculpted on making sure everything is uh, the correct scale so um, you, you'll see some of our older models especially the hand sculpted ones uh, obviously when we get a, a hand sculpt back in the post made of green stuff and you just have to send it to the the people to be made into a model you don't really get much thing you can do about it sure. but now uh, Gordon spends a lot of his time with the sculptors um, making them put it next to our test models and our standard size models and saying, you know, this this is a bit too big, even though this person's crouching, he's the same size as a, a standing person. So can, yeah, yeah. And because it's all digital now, he can just say, can you reduce it by 5% or whatever? And That's, that's fantastic news going forward that we have a uh, Yeah, I mean, we've, we've been doing that for a, a few years now, and um, I think you can really tell the difference with the newer ranges and the newer models compared Definitely. to some of the, uh, the originals. So, yeah, some of these are a bit bigger, especially the actual fox forms. Uh, but most of them are about the size of QB, I think. Great. Yeah, yeah I mean, speaking of Rokan models, I've just got out of my painting desk now, um, the, um, you know, the new water one. I've, I've got to put an, uh, an extra Botan. Um, so two new Rokan monks with all of the you know, elemental effects. And it's almost like they've been sculpted as a pair. They look amazing. And exactly what we're saying, the scale is just right. Um, that's great. Anyway, that's a tangent. Back to the fox. Um, you mentioned themes, plural. What have we got? Uh, yeah, so I think we, we spoiled the, the Mink and Denshaw theme um, some time ago, and I, I sort of said this is coming. This is, well, I, I was calling it the infinite monkey theme because you get an extra monkey every turn. Um, <laughs> so you can never run out of monkeys. Um, <laughs> and this is where that is going to be published. So that's if you, if you want to play that theme, this is the box to get. It's also a good box to get because most of the uh, the stuff in it are yokai, uh, so that you can play them in that theme. It's almost like we planned it. Uh, and and I have to say that yeah, I saw that theme a little while ago, and I looked at it, and I looked at the available models, and I just thought, no, nah, uh, doesn't work at all. But certainly look at it with the new models in the box. Yeah, I can see some some fun building like that. So uh, uh, yeah, good stuff. I can see some serious anti ninja tech going on though with all the. Uh, Extra monkeys and uh, oh, 
Jack, did it sweat? I've always got to think about my ninjas at heart. I've got to think about how yeah, they beat these things. You've got some new ninja stuff coming soon as well, haven't you? So you'll be all right. Yes. Um, anyway, okay, so that's the main convention. See, and I, there's loads of stuff talking about that on the Discord if you want to go back. Um, should, we, should we have a, a bit more of a focus on the second theme in the box? So, yeah, uh, like I said, this one's called Followers of Inari. Um, and this one is, uh, this is the, the main theme for the box, really. Um, since it comes with all the, the Kitsune, and it's one only allows Kitsune in the theme. So you can't take anything else. Um, you're going to be restricted to the models in this box, uh, Kota and QB, and any Kitsune that come out after the box. Gotcha. So this is the point where we can bring in uh, the Mighty Prey. Is, uh, well, <laughs> I've, I've been on the receiving end of, of a game against this. Battered. Part of that was because I hadn't done my revision. Um, but Craig's been the one who's been doing the work, actually looking at models and building lists and trying stuff out, at least as far as the Bushido cast, who are concerned. So, Craig, what what do you make of this followers of Anari? Yeah, uh, so, I mean, it's an it's a interesting theme um, to start with. We probably just quickly summarise it. It's got... Uh, a rule that you win on turn nine, which is <laughs> it's hilarious. So uh, I don't know, Jason. There's a way to get to turn nine in a game, right? A game right now, but imagine in the future. So you, you can't get to turn nine in a Masters game, which is what the, the tournament format we play. Yeah, uh, but you can certainly get to turn nine in other games, including the other competitive format, Hon Basho. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and uh, when the campaign book comes out, there's going to be plenty of narrative scenarios that are not fixed to six turns or variable like they are in the master's book um so for example if you're playing a siege and you're playing the kitsune uh then it doesn't matter how much of your castle they've knocked down at the end of turn nine you will win you win um do you know what I, i'm so pleased that you've thought about it that way in terms of the actual game mechanics and future proof here because there was an as- an element of of it that smelled a little bit like when Age of Sigmar came out and they said, oh, the person who's got the biggest moustache wins the first turn of the game, sort of thing. It was a little bit gimmicky, but actually, I like the gimmick, like the, the, the turn I and the, and the joke and all that kind of stuff. And the fact that you've actually thought it through in terms of other game you know, ways of playing is amazing. It works, too. Yeah, it, it starts to weave uh, in the number, number nine. Yeah. yeah, it's really thematic. Sure you'll, see, you'll see... Time and time again, there's obviously that sort of links to nine tails, I, I suspect, and more of the background. Yeah. Uh, so that's that's pretty cool. And uh, the 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 other effects are uh, once in the game in the starting phase, you can uh, effectively re-roll um, size, move, or key test. Uh, so that that's quite a big one. That gives them like a really good turn normally, and particularly so good if you're going facing traps and stuff like that. Clarify that, Craig. Uh, so re-roll, you can re-roll size, move, or key test for your models. So and you choose yeah. which one of those to do in the starting phase, right? Is that what you said? You know, you get all, all of them for that one turn. It. Yeah, you can re-roll uh, all so those types of tests. In which to invoke, yeah. I can re-roll all these in this turn. Yeah. yeah, so it's really good unless they've got balance, which yeah, kind of <laughs> <laughs> might rain on your parade a bit. <laughs> I didn't tailor that list at all that day. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I definitely have not experienced that. I mean, uh, it depends who declares first, who, who's got the uh, initiative, who, 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 who's got the initiative basically and has to declare first, but you may have to declare so, it and then they could balance it. So that could sure, be. Sure, just, uh, just for our listeners who really aren't familiar with all of the technical details of this, <laughs> sorry to, to, to 
bring us back a little bit. Um, so this this ability, this event card um, that allows you to just basically have all the rerolls is that's one of the most powerful things that the faction has. Would you say? Uh, I think I think rerolls definitely their thing. So balance yeah. is quite effective against. So the balance them. card. Let's let's also remind people that does. Uh, that can yeah, that just means you can't have any rerolls for a turn. Yeah. For both sides. That's why yeah. it's balanced. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it, it's a big card to play, um, especially if you're a samurai list. But I think what I've seemed to have seen off the box and what we played, the box does really rely on its rerolls. There's a lot of dodge, a lot of faint. Um, and, the, you know, the queen, as she is, you know, it, it, I believe it was the queen that allowed you to reroll stuff per turn as well. Doesn't she have an ability to allow people to reroll? Is no, that a cami? Yeah, the cami does that. Yeah. That's it, the nine-tail cami. So, there is a lot of. Um... Is it the nine tail coming? Is a bit like a mobile luck token, right? Yes. Potentially, just which yes. I, I mean, I know how powerful that is in um, the Bastion system. The, the power giving out reroll is incredible. Yeah, it's. it's um, I mean, it's, they they are probably second only to Silver Moon for using utilizing the reroll mechanic. And uh, yeah, I think uh, combined with all the dodge and. Um, uh, faint, which is more rerolls. I think yeah, it's it's a hell of a lot that they lose. Uh, you can play around it. You have to bait it out with your other rerolls. Essentially, if you uh, if you start using a lot of rerolls from your your nine tail fox, they think they're going to have to balance, and then once they've used it, you can use your theme benefit to turn out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I think that's um, so. They've got an interesting kind of pace to the game. Um, I think because that. Um, uh, the other yes. thing they can do is uh, it's quite interesting. When when your opposition uses a pass token, uh, they have they can heal your models. So uh, it's a very unique game mechanic. I I must admit I haven't seen it come up yet. Um, but Jason, was there kind of like a, a thought process behind that one? Is it kind of like a background inspired one or something you want uh, to see? It's it's more of um, the, just the idea that the Kitsune are messing with people's plans by playing tricks. They they in um, in the folklore, they're always like little tricksters. They they play minor pranks on people. They're, they're not um, uh, they're not really beneficial yokai, or they're not really malicious yokai. Um, they're always seen as, as something that will just you know they, they might steal your fruit pies, but they're not going to yeah. leave you hungry through the winter. That kind oh, of yeah, yeah. So I, I figured past tokens is one of the ways we represent. Um, an army using strategy and plans. So if every time you use it, you lose out on something as well. That's uh, that sort of um, the, the Kitsune messing with your plans. Yeah, Jack. Jack's I'd not also say that that's pretty... <laughs> it's messing with his ninjas again. Yeah, it's messing with ninjas. <laughs> but I'd, I'd say that that's one of the things I've noticed with this box as well. When we go into talking about the test, there's a lot of like you said, giving and taking. So like if you pass tests, like if you know, as an opponent, if you pass tests, you generally get rewarded for passing those tests. And if you know you fail, as in your side, you know there's a negative to it. Which to me, I, there's not many other tests like that. Obviously, I know we have got the traps and things like that, but that's normally just a negative. You pass it, you don't get that negative effect. So I don't know if that's a new thing. You can say that there is there or, or new. Is that just a sort of for this theme? Would you say, or is that? Yeah, again, definitely, it's new for these guys. Um, yeah. They uh, yeah they essentially uh, it's called in Ari's judgment because they they do put people on trial and decide whether or not they are following their correct path through life they're, they're, as um, as their fate 
through, through that they should be following through life. And um, basically, if you if you're found to not be following that, then they try and correct you. Uh, but if you're found to be following that, they will reward you in some way. Yeah, that's great. So that, um, that's a good segue because, in a way, the theme isn't really the full story. Um, they they effectively, if yeah. you use that theme, then you get to use these test cards, uh, which are test uh, event test cards. I think there's uh, about four of them, um, and they're they're all zero rice. So you 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 would take them and and then just give you options during the game. And as Jack said, generally they. They, they force a test, uh, and uh, if you pass it, you get a key. If you fail it, then something uh, bad will happen, and it ranges from things like um, uh, spirit block or impetuous or losing activation. Um, yeah, they are generally control. some pretty fierce um, uh, effects, though. I would say always worth, because you can basically play it on a model, and it'll, it'll do something to stop if they fail. Otherwise, I think the university, they just gain a key token. So that's uh, yeah. the positive yeah. that you're risking, right? But in some cases, like if they fail a test, they lose an activation. It's huge. But I do want to say the tests seem very fair. Um, they're generally like they feel like they're 50 50. It's not like some of the traps where they feel quite impossible to pass in that respect. They are very much, I would say, they feel more balanced in terms of they feel like you've got a good chance of beating the test as well. Um, yeah, they don't feel broken at all. They, they don't are, feel powerful. I don't like using the word broken that that often, and I don't think the the like the traps and stuff are that broken. These just, I think, if you think, I think as a general player, they're gonna think, oh, they've got these tests and they're gonna lose activations. I think it's gonna worry a few people, but I just want to make it clear that actually the tests are quite, you know, it's it's down to dice luck as anything in the game, but it's more fifty fifty if you look at stats i think you've got just as much chance as passing them as you have failing them yeah so like the, um, the one that you move lose an activation it's a uh move challenge test eight which yeah i think is about uh only 40 percent chance of failing roughly yeah so and, and i take the point jack about people not wanting to worry people about this because these things can't be spammed either like traps like, no like exactly one test at the start of the turn yeah you don't get them back it's once yeah. you set um, and you're done yeah so you- yeah, basically, the, the only advantage you get for playing them as Kitsune is that you get to choose when and where they get used, obviously. So, for example, uh, I played into some Ito with them, the move one. All the Ito have move five. Um, so all I did was wait till somebody was on maximum key, and I was like, I'll use it on this guy because there's no penalty for failing then. If he, if he yeah. passes the test, he's not going to gain the key anyway. Um, so you can sort of game it that way and make sure that they don't get much benefit. Or, um, or the other one was you can use them on animals and yeah. they won't gain the key either. So yeah. if you've got one that that your um, your opponent's just really good at passing, then you can usually still find a model where they're not going to get too much for, for being successful at the test as well. Yeah, I did the same with uh, Farkami. Uh, so it was already on max health, so there was no downside in and and if I had uh, and it, it was the one where it's uh, melee or uh, uh, range pull, so it was sort of fifty fifty chance of passing. That would have been quite nice to control because uh, I was going to pop it at the start of the turn <laughs> so, <laughs> and burn some in Moto, hopefully, but uh, it didn't didn't work out. But um, yeah, it's um, they're, they're they're quite they're they're quite nice, but I guess they're also limited because you can only play one per turn. So you got to sort of decide which which one to play in kind of uh, at, at the turn. Uh, so you can't kind of you know, use them all. So I, I think it definitely it, it, they're, they're nice, they're interesting, but 
I don't think they kind of overwhelmed the game in any, in any way. So yeah, we've talked a bit about these cards that you can use at the start of the turn. Um, uh, so, Craig, I think you used a couple of different builds using the followers of Inari theme. I know you used... Uh, did I play against once or twice? Twice. <laughs> I can't remember. Well, certainly once with Silvermoon, um, and I had the, the, the animal like gorilla activation and spam, but I still got... Um, Bonkers, even. Yeah, our junglist as well. We've we've had oh, a few oh, games. I've I've yeah, played yeah. against Jack and a few others as well. So I've so I've I'm thinking a, about the list that this. you used. How many different kind of archetypes would you say that you managed to get out of that? Was it was it kind of one theme you were just tweaking and playing around it, or were there? Uh, it's I would say it's it's a lot more flexible than say the Kinchi Temple, where um, Kinchi are really cool. Uh, you've You've got a kind of limited pool, which is nice in some ways, but you can you can kind of see a few archetype builds, perhaps um, like do you take she or do you not take she is probably the main decision there uh, with these guys because um, uh, you you can mix and mash quite a lot and they're quite interchangeable because they're all more or less the same kind of rice. Um, you you can definitely yeah, there's a little bit of give way, uh, give and take, and everything, but. The, <laughs> You, you can get quite a few different builds uh, out of it. And I guess that benefits from the fact that they've got two existing models to, to build on. But yeah, sure. I mean, I definitely quite a few different lists that I, I came up with. Um, but those so different like, lists, did you kind of play quite differently? Or was it just yeah, because I think you can go for lots of, uh, lots of kind of fox form to start with models and have a very much a kind of a rapid kind of rush force. Um, or you can go for quite a lot of support characters because they've got some really good support kind of options going. Uh, or you could go kind of far more kind of aggressive and try to take kind of the characters with good um, combat abilities. Um, but they, they've got lots of little bits of uh, abilities going on, like a little bit of camouflage and things like that. So you can definitely kind of mix things up by, like there's two models that have that. So if you put those two in, you're going you're gonna to give you a list of different flavor. Um, you're probably going to end Lots up with about six with. models. I think that's generally the thing I found. Like it was hard to not end up with six models. Yeah. Um, well, in the follows of a Nari theme, I suppose. Just yes. Because you're going to get more if you bring some of these models into battle. Yeah, which kind of puts them in that kind of. Um, they're not super elite, but they're kind of elitish kind of builds in, in my mind. So your 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 average rice cost per model was reasonably high, and. Um, uh, that's helped out slightly by they've got a card just to help them fit everything in rice wise, which I'm sure we'll get and onto have, later. And I'm not going to blow anything absolutely massive, but I, I think one of the games I've played, I saw one of the hardest hits I've ever seen in a game of Chief in terms of like, the number of re rolls that you had like, in the combat. On the, um, I think you had re rolls on the success level, the damage roll, and there. I don't know, it was just re rolls all over the place. Just re rolls on re rolls, yeah. The bonuses as well on top of that. So I think you kind of like max out the success level and then max out the damage roll. And it wasn't it wasn't shocking that you've managed to do that. I think they can hit exceptionally hard. Yes. Is that, well, is, is that intent or did we get a little bit of a blip there? I, I think Jason, haven't. I think Jason he's he's talking about the uh, the two that might not be in the box, so I'm not sure if we're allowed to Yeah, no, we can talk about this. them as well. Yeah. Um, but uh, uh, yeah, I mean they're definitely based on re-roll. So if you can re-roll, make your opponent re-roll their defense dice, you get to re-roll your 
attack dice, and there's also one that lets you reroll damage dice. Don't uh, get me wrong, I, I played exceptionally badly to enable this to happen, so uh, you know, it's not going to happen in every game, but yeah, it was, it was pretty big. Yeah, it, it certainly can be, uh, but I think they're all um, sort of on that me- melee three level. Yeah. Um, and when they when you've got melee three models, they're either um, not quite good enough combatants, or they can be top level combatants, and it depends what else they have. And um, so, like for example, uh, the white face fox, uh, fate and parry, and uh, plus one on his weapon. Um, and he's also got key block, so you uh, you only need to get a bit of damage to do something. He's got assassin. Uh, you know that's that that he can be like a, a good tier fighter. He's a a very decent melee model. Um, and if you're going to add support like using the theme benefit for rerolls or getting rerolls from the cami, then that can turn. Yeah, that, that's where they can turn into doing these these high level hits. Yeah, which is good. I mean, so I I'm, I'm talking about this from uh, being on the receiving end of that high level hit, but as a road camp player, that's that's quite quickly been something I've struggled with. But, you know, we're really good at defending and dodging and all that sort of stuff. But actually putting out the hurt can be quite... It's, it's nice to have that option. Fact, uh, it is. It's worth saying that the um, the one effect that would let you re-roll the damage roll isn't allowed in anything but the uh, it falls in Ari theme. So that's not going to become an option for Rokan right. generally. Well, it's still an option for Rokan, though, because it's a Rokan. Yeah, definitely. I'll, yeah, you, I'll, you, I'll take that. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that's that's one thing to say as well. So the other sort of um, uh, extra benefit of going for that theme really is that you're allowed three models, I think, that otherwise you just can't take. So a bit like Tanaka where they've got um, certain models that can only work within that um, that theme. Uh, you, you've, you've got a few models uh, in this that only work uh, for that theme, I guess, because they are so good. They, you know, they would unbalance things otherwise. Uh, yeah, not necessarily good, but just they, they have things that um, Temple currently aren't allowed to have. So uh, like monks YouTube. don't get damage buffs in general. Yeah. Um, monks don't get um, opposed key feats. Yeah, um, and that's good. You know, it gives us some extra stuff to play with in like you know, different different little builds, different archetypes, yeah. a little bit of mix and match, and it doesn't break that. Gives them their own flavour, and then they can focus on that judgment kind of uh, thing. So you will see a lot through this. Actually, that it's, it's they seem to always be testing people on the right path, and uh, and I, I think that probably comes out mostly in uh, Kuto, um, who's one of the kind of sort of support model, but actually a completely competent uh, all round model, really. And uh, she's just quickly jump on that one. It's like just got some really cool um, feats, which hopefully people have got the cards by the time this comes out and uh, can sort of read, read some of this themselves so I won't repeat everything but um, one, one of the feats sort of basically gets them to kind of have a think about things and, and um, focus or you get a control marker so it's kind of like have a think about it or or I'll tell you kind of what you should be doing and another one is I, I, I'll tell you uh, what to do for the next action so kind of pointing them in the right direction the last one is uh well, you, you're either going to get a death sentence or a control marker, so it's kind of like you know, do the right thing or <laughs> or, uh, or execution. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was pretty cool. Dramatic. yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's the first thing that really sings out. Like when I saw just prototype rules, um, even the little flavor text bits. I don't know what's made it to the final stuff, but um, 
very thematic world. And I would just be buying it just for the models and the flavour, honestly. Um, not having seen the models yet, but the concept art. So talking about not seeing the models, I was quite lucky enough to be at an event yesterday with Mr. Enos, and um, he brought them and played with them for the day. They were very nice models, I must admit. Um, stunning, stunningly good. Um, probably my most favourite models that I've seen um, from Bushido in terms of what's already out and you know anything that may be coming. Um, yeah. That they just just a very lovely looking box set. But it might be interesting to hear. Obviously, Jason, I don't know. Obviously, I know you do a lot of the development, but I don't know if you get involved with a lot of the playtesting or if you playtest these guys a lot. Obviously, you played three rounds of them yesterday. What's your thoughts, or how did you feel they went, or did they play as you expected them, or? Uh, yeah, they play as expected. Um, I think uh, I've I've had very good luck with these, which is uh, bizarre with uh, Idari being a spirit of luck. But um, yeah, I've lost most of my games. I've played with them, uh, but uh, yeah, we, we obviously we, we we do have the play test team, and overall, I think people have said uh, that they're they're pretty well balanced. Yeah. Um, so uh, I like I. I can identify where I went wrong with some of mine. For example, the Queen, I you was giving pacifism for a long time. And uh, you, you just can't do that. She needs to get involved. Uh, yeah. Her key feats are absolutely essential to the, the way the uh, the theme runs. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and uh, also, you, you just can't... Um, you can't expect any of your models to sort of tank up. If you, if you just play what's in the box, at least, to, to just stand in the middle and tank a couple of enemy models. Yeah. Uh, if you're... If you if you're exhausted and more than one model gets into you, you're probably losing your your model, even if it's one of the combat ones. So. I know it's something that's been mentioned on other sort of videos and podcasts before about the boxes, but how would you place this in terms of so if I'm a beginner just coming into Bushido, you know, I can imagine I'm gonna be looking at this Fox box thinking they are stunning. Do you feel that they're gonna be suitable as a beginner to pick up and play, or do you feel they're gonna be a bit more they're gonna need a bit more sort of experience and knowledge of the game to, to really get best out of them? So uh, we've specifically not labelled them a starter set. Um, yeah. So they, they've got some more complex and uh, uh, interesting rules, interactions within the box than we would put in a starter box. Yeah, uh, I just well, yeah, I just want a clarification because it's one of those things that I don't want people listening to this because I, I can already see these flying off the GTC shelf somewhere. Um and I don't want this big negative that I, I can already foresee is that people are going to buy them, expecting them to be, you know, out the box. I'm going to go and boss the table with them. They they are somewhat complex, aren't they? They're not something you're just going to pick up and start. They are, but we, we, we sort of found this when we did the first one, which was the wolf box. Yeah. Um, we sort of said this is not a starter box. If you want to start, get the two-player starter box or get a starter box for your faction. Yeah, and a lot of people just came and went. No, I like the look of these. I'll I'll just muddle through, and it's not that hard to be honest. If you're no, it's not. If you're prepared to play, like Bushido is a complex game. Um, yeah, if you're prepared to play Bushido as a complex game. You can work out the theme boxes um, rather than buying a starter box. It's not. It's not. Uh, it's not as easy an introduction, but no. there's nothing really to stop you doing that. And I don't think there's anything no. in here that's um, that's that's going to cause major rules issues it's all fairly straightforward it's just a bit more to remember maybe and yeah um, like if this was a starter box for example um we wouldn't have mixed up parry and dodge so much they probably all have the same trait so you only have to remember one and you don't have to remember which fox has got parry which one's got dodge 
Yeah. Yeah. But, but uh, there is some fine Jack, detail the, in the game. The, the, the beauty of Bushido, though, is that even though it's complex, and sometimes too complex for me, it's thematic while it's at it. So even if yeah, you're kind exactly. of blown away by like, oh my god, I don't understand what the, just happened in terms the, of the there rule. Are, there are a few things. You can still things. see what's happened in yeah. terms of the themes, and I think this, this box will really kind of... The, you know, I would say some of the bits that I've definitely kind of had to get used my head around is just like, it's actually it's not too hard. I think Kota is the only fox form that can still do scenario actions. The rest, I think, are all aloof. Um, and sometimes they, their stats do... And I don't know whether this maybe it might be different on the final cards, but I think sometimes sometimes the stats do jump around a little bit when they um, all things change around when they go from fox form to uh, to, uh, to to their sort of humanoid form. Um, Is that just you getting confused by Kota being a kid and we didn't know it? No, no. I think other foxes that are more variable. I think it's just that little finer detail. It's not. It's not like a massive thing, but I think a bit like Tanaka, where they've got things like uh, coordinated Tanaka and coordinated Wolf, and just like finer detail points like that. There's just just some of those little things which, once you play the box a few times, it's it's fine. Uh, yeah, I think the thing is Takuiru in Fox form has got spirit. Um, doesn't have bravery, but then I think gets it in. Um, bravery in um but not spirit in uh, humanoid form they it's just things like that you just sort of keep yeah. you keep an eye out for when you're when you're kind of um playing just to make sure you're you're getting the rules the right way around yeah exactly it's just, it's just a question that i wanted to, to get or, or just not even a question more something i just wanted to highlight because i don't want um I'd, I'd hate for there to be that negativity of of people buying something and not getting what they expected um it's the whole big debate about that there is with shiho being two melee because as we clearly said you know these are three dice melee models that you know it's not just as straightforward as muscling and brawling with another faction you have to set it up like getting the surprise and the assassin you know getting the other benefits to to do that which is the same for most of shiho you know they're pretty powerful once you get them in the right position um I just wanted to make that clear for people that are listening that you know it, it, they are a very cool box. They're a very interesting box. They're um, a finesse faction, Jack. They are finesse. That is exactly finesse. what I was looking for. Yeah, they I'll are just, a finesse faction. We can cut out everything Jack's just said there for ten minutes. <laughs> <laughs> just, just, so I, I, I think I think the way to um, to sort of uh, summarise that as well is to sort of say if you've if you're familiar with Koto and QB, then this very much builds on that. And yeah. you'll see a lot of similarities across the box. So there's a lot of sixth sense going on, uh, as we mentioned, a lot of feint going on, a mixture of dodge and parry going on. Um, and I think those two models, I've used them quite a lot because I, I actually think they're, you know, I really, I really rate Kota. She's just such a great uh, model to, uh, to, to kind of frustrate the enemy's uh, big hitters and things like that. Which otherwise, is, as Jason said, like the box does have a bit of a problem with. Um, Kind of, you need to put someone in the middle, and at some point, one of your person is going to be slightly exposed. So, she, for me, she kind of fulfilled that kind of role. Um, and then she's she, blisteringly fast as well. She? Yeah. She, are, are there any faster machine models? Well, it's because she can transform to a fox and back. Uh, that's the other thing Which I could say. Like, not some of them can transform um, from fox to a humanoid, but not back again. So that's the other thing just to kind of keep an eye on. But she's one of the ones that can transform or shapeshift back and forth. Which makes so her in terms of the amount fast. distance distance covered in a turn possible, is she fastest? 
Uh, it's one of the fastest, I mean, yeah. Well, uh, you, know, you can go through some uh, void rifts and. Uh, well, no, I, like I just that. think, yeah, just just running, you know, <laughs> flat, flat on the ground like a cheetah. <laughs> great running, uh, air cami foxes. That's pretty much it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you like that sort of thing in your game, you know, being quick and uh, you know, you're an Eldar player potentially, maybe this is the box for you, right? Yeah. So that's. I mean, I think both of them are good kind of. Um, a good intro into what the rest of the box does, or maybe the, I know Jason. Did that kind of help you? I suppose with the rest of the the box kind of building from there, or, or how did you kind of think about the existing models? Yeah, it, I definitely just took the existing profiles and said this is uh, sort of stripped them back a bit and took some things off them and said, right, this is a a bare bones kitsune, uh, and now we've got characters that we've written. We need to add on things to make those characters into what we envision them to be. So the uh, different people got different feats and uh, uh, special unique effects or slightly twisted stats and um, and things like that. Yeah, because I that's I guess that's a really interesting thing because like I said with their background they've all got kind of a purpose or role they're not just kind of randomly uh, going around and I, I think that often comes well, it kind of came through probably a bit more with QB where he's got this um, vengeance Shigenja and Chisai. Um, and uh, and I think he gets assassin against them as well. Uh, you, you see that kind of come through, but with with other uh, other things like yokai and uh, soulless and kami. So there's this kind of like uh, um, uh, this this kind of focusing that some of the models have against certain enemies. That is pretty cool. Yeah, so that that's basically what informed the entire sort of our society for uh, how Kitsune society works. Um, the, uh, the they had one guy who had vengeance against those Shisai and Shigenja and his background says that it's um, uh, he goes and punishes those Shisai and Shigenja who overstep their destiny and try and do something that they're not destined to do and uh, so by saying well what about other people who do that and then we've got the, the other foxes who come and deal with those types of uh, of people who, who, uh, who aren't following their correct dharma um, and then from there it became well. What, does, what did Kota do then? Kota's a scout. She uh, she goes to places first, and she does the uh, she she pulls the pranks and the tricks, which turn out not to just be pranks and tricks. They are actually tests to see if you're uh, if you're doing the right thing and following the right path. Uh, I should say as well that the, the right path is just what the Kitsune think you should be doing. Uh, like they have no. <laughs> The, the only higher power they follow is Inari, who is a trickster god himself. So they don't really know what's going on. They so, just, oh my god, <laughs> they're oh just my trying god, to make you do what they think you should do. Now I got a really, I got a really topical story here. I walked out into my garden the other night, and it was dark. I got these little spotlights that went on, and they just illuminated like some little pinpoint eyes under the trampoline in the distance. Pretty certain it was a pop. I dropped the burger I was eating on the patio, but I picked up on it anyway. Was that a t- was that a test of the man? Is that what was happening there? I was being watched <laughs> by a fox and I failed. <laughs> oh my well, god! Well, we can we can find out if you failed because did you gain key or did you go <laughs> and do something? I, I, I felt pretty bloody rancid the next day, I must say. So um, maybe maybe I lost. Or I failed my test. I'm hey. gonna have to yeah worry a little bit more about shining eyes in the night. There you go. You you're you're under scrutiny. Yeah. So they <laughs> so they go around testing people. Um, and yeah, and, and I guess they've got this kind of specialism in the game that they get 
a benefit if they go against the right kind of opposition. But I always kind of felt like with most of the profiles, that was more of a just an extra plus rather than something I necessarily needed to play exclusively for. Though I guess some some of the some of the key feats definitely do uh, only really uh, work against certain types of models like the Kairi. Um, but but generally, I, I felt like uh, the profiles are pretty solid all round. I guess that's what I'm saying. They they can kind yeah, of they're not they're not well. too bad even if you're not up against that. So I found as well. Uh, so like uh, Juko and uh, Takeru, who uh, who deal with Kami and Kaira effectively. Um, if you're not up against them, they don't get to use their big key feet, but they do still get to boost their melee. Um, Takeru in particular has got Pierce Reach and Combo on his weapon, which is just combined with his melee three makes him like a really good melee model i think yes um is that combo, combo zero it's combo zero and he also comes with feints built in yeah that's good so combo zero so, is pretty combo zero and feints pretty common for them um which does mean when you win big you win really big um so i've i've been uh able to one shot buto and oni with these guys where i've got you know, them down to one dice and fainted, fainted them down. Uh, That's great. To, I'm to really pleased I've just painted up all the beta and now start painting all the other <laughs> Yeah. Wonderful. Well, that's, that's one way of doing it. The other way of doing it is the, there's an executioner guy who, um, if, if you, if you can get the queen to, uh, reduce their dice, um, some, some of the, uh, some of the other guys are pretty good. Um, yeah, they, they do have some good support as well. Definitely. Um, is it? having said that, they, I did get play Minamoto yesterday. Um, Takeru got uh, he's got Pierce on his weapon. He's plus one, so I thought that's not too bad going into Minamoto. Um, I got a success level six combo and did zero damage off all four rolls. Oh wow! Because uh, he had plan armor, so he was ignoring my Pierce, and uh, I rolled I think I rolled two doubles, and the rest just weren't high enough. Happens. Yeah, it does. Um, so uh, yeah, the, so I, I was, we were sort of saying that there are only all melee three, but um, we've already said that you can put out death sentence quite easily. I think yeah. uh, I was happily putting out two death sentence markers a turn, yeah. and uh, oh, as always with death sentence, you kind of just have to be happy whether they remove it or not. Um, if if they're wasting the three key, you have to think, well, I've got rid of that three key, uh, and her feats that put out the death sentence markers all cost two, so. You know, technically you're ahead there anyway. Uh, but if they do keep them on, then obviously that that just drives you up to being uh, that one notch higher, both for your range because there is a bow, uh, Kitsune, yep. uh, and in melee. Um, that's where you can actually start to remove enemy models. Yeah. So I found so Kyoto with the who can put out the death sentence, and then there's um, one of the executioner guys uh, who. Has vengeance death sentence and all other things that start kicking in. I think that's the other way that I managed to one shot a Buto. And uh, so I think it's. Uh, uh, so that's, that's what I mean. Anyway, they can put out a lot of hurt. Uh, um, yeah, Hofuku has the execution. Oh, that's it. Sorry, Hofuku, that's the one. Yeah, so uh, yeah. Anyway, guys, we are. That was um, quite a good combo. We, we could talk about this and all the details and all the combos forever in a day, I'm sure. But uh, I think have we given enough? Flavor of what is included in the box. Or was there anything else like you know, we desperately want to kind of shout about? I think it might be worth talking about the queens. I think she's quite a big part of the box. She controls a lot of the stuff. She gives the extra range. Um, you know, all all of the friendly kitsune can have line of sight from her. So she's. I'm, I'm assuming 
Oh, I'd like to think I'm going to probably see her in most lists because she's quite an important thing and her feats are very good. Um, yeah, I think, I think similar to the wolf box where, you know, if you're playing Open Rebellion, uh, you're taking Suki. Uh, yes. I think it's similar to this. If you want to play Followers of Inari, the first thing you're taking is Tengoku, who is the, the, the uh, Kitsune Queen. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And this, yeah, if you guys are having me, maybe talk about her a bit and just yeah, go, yeah. maybe go over the profile a little bit because, like I said, it, she's going to be a big part of the box. Um. And I think you said, like you, you alluded, you made a mistake yesterday of putting pacifism on her, um, which meant she was a bit restricted in what she could and couldn't do sort of early on if you wanted that benefit. Yeah, so we were playing Depletion as well, and even, yeah. even in Depletion, which is pacifism's favourite home, um, <laughs> I, I got to like turn two and thought, you know what, I should have been cursing fate on turn one and using the ranged, and then cursing fate on turn two, and I didn't. And I, I think that's where it, say, it really loses you. Um, so I've stopped using pacifism now. She's just too important to, to yeah. try and not use her. So yeah. I've, uh, I found her curse fate was probably the the big one for me. When it uh, it worked, I mean she's a free key stat model. We'd probably say most of them are free key stats, which is very nice and kind of builds on Koto and QB. Um, so she when she when she gets a good curse fate off, um, combined with their faint, they become. Very, very effective uh, at, at, at deleting models uh, with a combo attack um, or, or such. But I always find Curse Fate is kind of very swingy kind of thing because it matters how much you win the, the the dice roll by. But they can re-roll their dice quite easily, so there's there's enough reliability in that if you've got your re-rolls to to get a good uh, Curse Fate off, particularly um, against one one key models and such. Um, so that that's a real big enabler in my mind, and um, yeah, I, I guess to your point, why why do you want to include her because she she can uh, she can um, enable that in this twelve inch range. So you know, it's it's fantastic, really. And it's also a very good way of popping passivism quite early on as well. So yeah. if you've got your enemy models quite far away, then she's also got the other big her other big three key key feet, um, Majesty, which is a really important one it might become more important against like the fast factions like dissension and ito because it basically is a nine inch aura that everybody every inch is count well each inch is in each inch moved counts as two inches for enemy models and enemy models cannot target her um at all or enter base to base with her oh yeah basically yeah so i i use that to um to stop a lot of flanking so it's it's a nice one to to use, particularly actually in hindsight, I probably should have used that on the turn you popped balance and just backed yeah. off because you can kind of, you know, you've got the mobility to get where you want, particularly when your models are in fox form. Um, mm-hmm. and, and that is in addition to whatever terrain you might have been able to place down as well. So you can really, really slow people down if you uh, if you get yeah. your kind of board set up right. And uh, yeah, so it's a it's a pretty game defining feat, which hence why it's it's complex and you you're not allowed to move and things like that. So you have to really commit to it. But nine inch aura is um, it's pretty big. If you're playing like Bataku and she stood in the middle with a rice bow barricade or something like that, and you pop that up on a VP score in turn, they're not getting that two points. That that turn, it's it's a pretty big um, thing to to do. Um, 
yeah. also she has seduction as well, so she can make people stupid, which I think I, I overheard you doing to Ryan a couple of times because Ryan didn't understand what stupid was. <laughs> he's like, oh, no, don't do that. Do it to this model instead. Oh, he's stupid. What does that mean? Oh, you can't do this, this or this. Oh, okay. I'm still yeah, in the it, order. It's, it, um, because, again, because of uh, Inshim Denshin, which is her unique effect, uh, which says that uh, all friendly kitsune are always have LOS to any point that any friendly kitsune has LOS to. Uh, if she's near the middle of the board, it's got a uh, six inch range, but you can you can get to within range of most of the uh, the idols if you wanted to. Yeah. Um, so you can literally just use her anytime somebody moves into an idol, she can probably walk and seduction them. So now they've walked into the idol, but now can't do the scenario action. Yeah. Um, if they then go to another idol, even if it's on the opposite side of the table with her move four and six inch range, and she, she you can get LOS from somebody else, yeah. um, she's pretty likely to be able to do that to at least two models. If that's all she does in a turn, that's probably fine. Yeah. What I well, what I also found with um, Tengoku, uh, I think that's easy. Tengoku is a pretty pretty good profile actually um, in in melee. So you actually can survive a few rounds of melee quite happily and then just walk off with Agile. Uh, which yeah, very, is... very unique melee profile. Very, You can't say very unique. It's a unique melee profile. Mm. Uh, she uses her plus four melee strength defensively yes. um, because you have to put m- m- dice in defense because otherwise you're going hit, to get hit with a big plus four. Um, uh, and, and so we just by because they have to put more in defense, they're putting fewer dice in attack. Uh, and she's got impenetrable defense just uh, on her card. She doesn't have to buy that. Yep. Um, so, yeah, she's, uh, she's, it's it's very different playing her as a melee, well, in melee than, than a lot of other models. And it does throw people the first time they, they do it. Even if they've read it, once you get into combat and those abilities start happening, it's like, oh, right, okay, I'm, I'm doing nothing here. <laughs> yeah, as, exactly. So it was quite, yeah, it, w- it was really interesting because normally you get to a sport character with a half decent model and they kind of explode. So I think Eldest Brother got into her at one point and I was sort of not, that's normally, that's normally the end of it, really. Um, but, but he just completely bounced. And uh, I don't think the guys were, were too mild either way. So uh, because she can boost as well, she actually absolutely has to. Uh, and I, she, I think I did boost her up just to kind of keep her safe. So yeah, it's, it's, um, it was yeah, it's quite uh, quite un- unusual kind of uh, in a way because then you can you can kind of risk getting her up up close to the enemy um, and she can out and survive a while. Obviously, you don't want her to do a lot of melee fighting, but uh, it, that's that does kind of free things up, and that's probably important given that you're you're only going to have about six models or so. So it's good to have some sort of utility uh, beyond the, the key feats. Yeah, did you uh, did you get the text blurb that goes with these models at all? Uh, there was a little bit, uh, a little bit. Yeah, I, I, I quite like the one for her. It just it sort of says she wasn't she doesn't lower herself to actually engage in melee. People come and attack her, and then just, just trip over something or <laughs> you know bad things just happen to them nearby. Yeah. Which which is why she's not got any special attacks or defenses. She would never try and sidestep defense. That's that's way beneath her station. Uh, but, <laughs> I just slipped on a banana skin and landed. But, on yeah, but, yeah, yeah. If you do try and attack her, you are going to take a damage roll at plus four because something will happen. Yeah, yeah. No, she's great, and I think I guess uh, it, it's interesting because in the box you might look at it and think there's a few support models in the box. How's it going to work? But those support models are sort of 
they're not really traditional support models and she's a really good example of that yeah, um, is another good uh, good one to look at for that yes. because again, three opposed key feats. You think, oh, it's a wizard type, stay at the back, stay away, yep. use those at max range. But she's got three melee dice, she's got faint, and she's got plus one damage on one of her weapons. Um, yeah. So there's, there's absolutely nothing wrong with getting her into some combat at some point. Yep, she had dodge in my uh, version. I don't know if she kept she that. She still has dodge as well. Yeah. 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 So it's like that's basically a combat profile and for seventeen rice. It seems. Yeah, pretty pretty darn good. Um, so yeah, it's like uh, yeah, absolutely. I, I agree. I was quite surprised by how uh, versatile these models were. Um, and uh, yeah, so I, I think the queen, um, yeah, she's very she's very much kind of helping to define the theme. But I think Kyoto also does a really good job of kind of setting the story and narrative, but bringing some very unusual abilities that you don't see in temple uh to death sentence and control is just so not temple but uh she's you know she, she's able to do all these things um and uh and also starts in the fox form which is pretty nice as well so it can get kind of where you need to be so yeah lot, lots to like about there i'm so excited to use all of this box. i've got nothing i can't with it i don't have imagination <laughs> There is it. He uses jelly babies and all sorts of crazy stuff. Real, real, real challenge to keep track of what he was doing on the table, wasn't it, Craig? Well, yeah, it's a little bit. I'm joking. It's a little bit tricky when you're when you're <laughs> using proxies and and uh, as scribbled notes here and there. Uh, but uh, we yeah. got we got through it. <laughs> we got through it and we had some fun. But yeah, getting all the actual models on the table would be. That's just why uh, GTT pays you the big bucks for playtesting, right? Yeah, yeah, love it, <laughs> love it. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait for that first check to come through. <laughs> no, no, it, it, it is it is more, I feel it's more of a privilege. It is hard at sometimes when you're, you know, you can see people talking about things and you're like, ah, you just want to say, but you can't. But it is, it's definitely been a privilege sort of working on these guys with Craig. You know, we had that quite brutal game with my Minamoto I think that's yeah. like one of your first games with them and it was that was my first game yeah <laughs> yeah and the big bear and balance I just sort of looked at the box was like yeah they're not going to like balance played it turn two and we didn't like it <laughs> yeah we didn't like it we had like two models left at the end of that turn and it was like yeah that, yeah let's not do that again I, so. I learned my lesson well after that and uh yeah I I I um I think I missed uh, I missed a uh a cursed fate role as well against you did against the Bad, didn't you or something like that? Yeah, uh, I think I rolled like a two or something, which was a bit of a sad times. Um, but uh, but yeah, always, I mean, we, should, we should say there are already things in the game that are like that kind of you know yeah. half counter. That, I mean, great one is is I played bastions into um, uh, cult that, that like did their um, fear. everybody's afraid thing, and then I had uh, my bastions basically no everybody's fearless. <laughs> So there are already those kind of interactions in the game, like yeah. tournament lists that you might take. Yeah, I mean, definitely my lesson there was kind of back off because you, you can go to so Minamoto just about with all your re-rolls, but without your re-rolls, it's just not worth it. So played a long game. So, uh, but yeah, I, I've, I've got to admit, after that, I've I pretty much won every game after that. So um, clearly... Uh, Clearly, clearly, you, you taught me quite a few things <laughs> in that game, and that it kind of worked uh, later on. Um, so, yeah, but I've, yeah, I've, you've only won every game because no one else has started using boxes yet, Craig. No, no, no one knew what they could do. <laughs> so, but, Jason, from your point of view, is there anything out of this box that you're 
really I know it's going to sound daft because you're probably excited about all of them but is there anything like any one model that turned out better than you expected or um, anything on the back side of things things that we don't normally see as like players of the game you know I know you've like, highlighted before on like the Shiho box you know you send off with these in mind and then the sculpts come back with like a different weapon or you know was there anything like that with these that sort of threw right. you it, yeah it does happen with most releases to be honest especially if we're going to put nine models in a box something's going to come back and i'm going to be like oh i wasn't expecting that so um uh, in this case um one of the funny things that happened was uh in our version of kitsune uh just because we had kota and qb uh, only the females transform into foxes the males are always in the, the hybrid form um and uh, I think obviously three of these in the box uh, came back as female sculpts, but only one of them was actually down as a female sculpt. We had the, the uh, Quarto and the Queen as being the female ones, and the others were all male in the box. So when when they said, oh, these are female, I said, oh, they need a fox form then. That's how we've set up our world already. So uh, we had to sort of quickly rejig the box, which is why there's two models that are going to come out separately, which we should talk about because I didn't take them to the tournament and I'm not sure they're going to be revealed anywhere else. So we'll talk about those in a bit. Yeah. Um, but as for, I mean, I, it was great to go to the tournament and see people. I, I, I didn't see any negative comments about how they play or, you know, even people, uh, I, I, one game I put out like two death sentence markers and three control markers. And I was just looking at the table going, oh, he's going to hate this. And at the end of it, he was like, no, that was a really good game. That was, that was really interesting. And obviously, it's the first time he's walked into it. And, um, but it was still came out quite well. Um, and everybody's like the models. Uh, for me, uh, I've also put in a bit of extra effort this time. And the uh, all of the character uh, blurbs and uh, all of the, uh, the, the uh, flavor text on the special cards, uh, if you read them all and put them in the right order, you should be able to work out a story behind everything. So I'm really quite excited for people to to get all those parlors together and work out exactly what's going on. Yeah, with the uh, the story, really and it'll tell you why the Kitsune are in the Joir Isles, uh, and uh, continuing the ongoing stories that we've set up previously. Oh, awesome. brilliant! Very yeah, awesome, yeah. awesome. Well, as as you yeah, mentioned, that's... the two other models uh, actually really nice segue uh, from Kyoto and uh, Tengoku because I think they kind of. In my mind, anyway, or at least how I was playing uh, these two, was very much linked to um, to those those two models. And um, uh, one's uh, Chen's show, I think, and one's Hofuku. Uh, yeah, Hofuku and Senshi, I think it is. Yeah. Senshi, yeah. Okay, great. Uh, so uh, it's interesting. I, uh, I I haven't played with these since playtest because uh, I haven't got the models for these. I've got the models for the box, um, but. Um, Whereas the box was made to show off the, the Kitsune society and how the species is in the Joir Isles and sort of set up, this is, this is how they are. Uh, these two were added in a bit later and we'd already played them a bit. And I think some of the abilities on these were more chosen because, oh, this box set is going to need um, some other stuff rather than just to show off those things. So these are sort of the exceptions, you know, the characterful exceptions to how the Kitsune are. And some of the uh, the, the feats or uh, traits were chosen to to help them in game rather than just um, just to fit that theme. 
because uh, you can only be slaves to a theme so much at some point you have to make them good on the table as well um so uh, yeah. as a quick example these guys both have armor too which uh is rare enough in temple as a whole um, I mean, that, that would account for it jason when i saw these guys across the table when craig was using they did seem some of the most powerful models in the faction that would be why <laughs> yeah so I, I don't think they're any more powerful but i think these are tuned to have some abilities that you just need I think they so combo. Like, yeah, yeah, they they was, combo pretty Craig, well. Craig was such a well oiled machine. He seemed to have everything he needed. Probably well, before. after after the thrashing from uh, from Jack, <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like, I bet no, they've got some really good, really good combos. These guys. Um, so tell us about them. Start with uh, Senshi. Yeah. So uh, yeah. So Senshi. Um, I went off my written notes and made up the name a minute ago. So uh, this has got. Um, uh, a bodyguard of six inches, so that's pretty impressive for Kitsune. So uh, that's that's incredible, combined with vitality. So you can, uh, you, you, it's an instant vitality, as as most people know who play uh, Temple of Rokan, and that just means you've got a huge amount of flexibility with when you bodyguard and how you bodyguard. Even if the model looks like it's got no activations left to bodyguard, you can you can use vitality to set something up. So, and it is to be clear, that's once per turn, it's not vivacity. It's once per turn, it's yeah. It's it's uh, so vitality. That's it. So it's once per turn, um, but that's the instant one where I think the other one's an active, isn't it? So there's like the one is active, yeah. Yeah. So you can you can use that even if you're not the active player. So. It just means you you can you can kind of get your bodyguard in when you need it, even if you're out, out, out activated. So that's pretty huge. And I really liked uh, Senshi with the the Queen Yokai. So um, like being able to uh, make sure you can protect her after she's used Majesty and things like that. Because um, although you can't really engage with her for that one turn, they can easily set up the following turn and, and attack run on her so that was quite handy um he's also quite good because some of your fox form models are uh they're not quite like kota who's got he's who's got, got mirage so is very very reliably um uh able to protect herself even in fox form some of them have um uh, nothing so, like that. So he's quite handy just to make sure if someone does catch one of your foxes out, that you can protect them. So really versatile and uh, and very useful to complement the rest of the rest of the set and can hit very hard. Um, its its weapon is X minus two, where uh, I think it's the turn number. So potentially can hit very very hard late game. Um, it's got adept, which. Uh, I think white face fox as well has also got uh, that's uh first time i think we've seen that in the game so if you can get a few extra dice adept one just means you can potentially get even higher success levels i think that probably is better for hofuku but it's still pretty pretty good here as well so uh so yeah it's a really really nice uh all-round profile with the usual faint parry and, and six cents going on and yeah. yeah i think you've missed the one big massive unique effect that oh yeah no, i was just going to get onto that yeah <laughs> i was trying to get onto that <laughs> this is the one that's going to just drive your opposition crazy <laughs> yeah kimmick kimmick's going to hate this yeah yeah so it, basically if if after this model is moved or placed by an enemy effect uh once affected an effect is pretty much anything kind of thing then after this resolved you can uh place the model within two of its current location and uh it's got to go uh it's got to be in base to base uh with the model using the ability so 
it's, it doesn't have to be, sorry. It's, it may be placed in base-to-base. Usually a place... Oh, maybe, can, sorry. Yeah. A place yeah. usually can't go in base-to-base, but this can. So if if you get pushed defensed out of combat, you can just place yourself back in combat. Just go back would in, that, yeah. Would that work before... Um, so you could hit back, effectively? Or would the melee have stopped that point? Sorry, this might be going off on a tangent, but would that mean that... So if you've pushed me out, can I then be teleported back in or placed back in before I get my hit back? Does that make uh, sense? I think it's after it's resolved, so you wouldn't, after. Get, your, you wouldn't yeah. get your hit back. Cool. No, it's just, just one of the checks, so I don't get caught out on it or try and use it. <laughs> so, can I just check with these two profiles, they are not limited to um, the colors of Nari, right? So these can be taken bastions. Yep, you can put these in bastions, which, which I think uh, Senshi is probably the one I would be looking at for bastions. But Which is exactly why I raise it, because I'm looking at that profile and going, Do you know what, that might even tempt me. Oh, 17 rise, okay. Send me away from the second. I follow you, mate. Uh, yeah, I'll be. Uh, I'll be. this box, the the whole box, apart from the three that are theme locked, uh, are going to be available in Bastion. So, um, it's going to be a bit of a uh, sort of a, a a thing for Bastion's players uh, if we change the buffalo the way that we'd like to. So, um, yes. and they, and they need to be changed a little bit. But you know, this this uh, sweetens the uh, sweetens the pill a little bit, doesn't it? Yeah, you, you've got some. Some other options, at least, for if, if two buffaloes not your favourite anymore. Yeah, and they don't. You know, they do different things, absolutely very different things. But you can see some viability with similar price point models. That maybe yeah, like, um, using the buffaloes crutches, maybe for a bit. These give you some nice. Anyway, sorry, on to Foku. Was it next? Right? Yeah, so hey, Foku. So I, I think that works very, very well with Kyoto, the the judge, uh, and it's kind of like. Um, a lot of a lot of synergies. This is the one that I think did one shot um, when 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 the, when your sort of larger young models. I can't remember which one now, but it, it, you can basically get a lot of synergies and, and good abilities going at once. And actually, Hitakuchi. Did you nail Hitakuchi? It might it might it might have been. Um, okay. It was it was it was pretty impressive when it all went right. Uh, no, Tetsuso maybe it was a bit tougher. It could could have. Yeah, it might have been. I think, so. I think it was, it, it was it, definitely it was, quite it was a impressive. Tough, a tough jump monster. Yeah, it was. It was sort of impressive. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah it I, think was, it was, it, I think my dice were pretty hot, uh, but yeah, it was one of those kind of moments where it just all came together and it was pretty, pretty epic. So I cried. I cried a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, um, I, I think why they work well together because um, uh, the, if if you've got control or death sentence on the model, then this this then Hofuku becomes uh, really useful useful it effectively can like inspire a controlled model which is fantastic so normally control models they you, you normally control generally unless you're a vastly superior fighter you're probably just stripping activations off the enemy at that point because they're going to go all defense and you go all attack and you know you hope you might achieve something but um unless they've got aggressive or something like that, or you're just a, a vastly superior fighter, it's often uh, it's often not going to result in too much damage. You might get to go into it. So, yeah, I was just saying, with this, you you actually do enhance the controlled model. So, you, so you're putting the troll in control, is what you're saying? Right? You're, well, you're, you're, so you're, you're inspiring the controlled model, model effectively. Yeah, <laughs> so, so no more controlled on uh, Kazuo, because he'll be a six-dice melee at that point. <laughs> Because <laughs> he needs it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yeah. Uh, so that that's that's pretty great if you can 
control the right model and then uh, effectively inspire them. It's it's plus one to their range and melee, which is uh, which is pretty nice. Uh, so you actually get a bit bit better than normal. Normally, you have to choose one, I think. Um, and it's just why it's got a control marker. So the good thing is you don't kind of buff it and then it goes back to the opposition. It's only where it's controlled you'll get that that benefit. Yeah. So so yeah, so that's. A great combination. And at, at risk of making the same mistake Jason did, that's that's very unique, right? <laughs> that, I, I don't know if that, that, that happening anywhere else in the game. No, uh, I've not seen it. Not linked to a control. Obviously, you, I mean, you could put inspiration on a model with a control marker, uh, as long as it's got the right rise cost. But then it would keep that when it goes back to the opponent. So yeah. you probably only want to do it if you've got multiple control markers on it, maybe. Yeah. So this is just for those people who already hate control. This is just double. Hate you more, right? Just yeah, yeah, just makes it better. So, the uh, the other thing he did, which is kind of the combo I pulled off in the game, um, he gets uh, vengeance death sentence, which uh, we know from the moon line is amazing. You can start stacking because they've already got a death sentence on them, so that's um, that's not good. And then you get vengeance on top, so I think at that point you get the extra dice, the brutal, and plus two damage. If we're all right. Yeah, plus two in total. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's um, that's pretty nice when he's got plus one damage on one of his weapons, and another weapon is plus X, where X is number of wounds they've got on them. So, if you can uh, set set that model up right, it could could get phenomenal plus two the the damage roll, uh, in addition to all those other buffs, and um, uh, yeah, I I think that's uh com- that that combined with adept. So if he does. Uh, it does boost and all the re-rolls that they can do you can suddenly get uh, really really high success levels uh, so it's like 6, 7, 8, uh, 9, 10 I think and then um, and then massive pluses to the damage roll and you've got faint so, so this will be what I was yeah. referring to when I experienced this just, just the biggest hit I was referring to earlier in the chat yeah. that was just It was one of those perfect situations. I don't yeah. think it's going to get repeated again. Um, yeah. Certainly not against you. So, yeah. I don't know. But you you can sort of see the combo there is quite, you know, it, it's it's definitely there for the for the, for the the making if you can get the, the setup right. Obviously, you, you're kind of telegraphing that you're going to do it because you have to actually set it up. But, yeah, if you can, you can get it to work, it's pretty pretty impressive um yeah I mean, it's, it's uh this is one of the ones that's sort of designed to be very obvious so you take this model and quote because uh yeah final verdict is a post key choose a death sentence or a control marker and then whichever one the opponent chooses uh he's got something to take advantage of it so uh yeah. it sort of points you towards that and they're, they're synergistic in in various other ways as well obviously she puts control markers out in other ways or um, she can make you take action, so um, it's, uh, yes. yeah, it's, it's it's just a, a built-in combo, and you can sort of that's the obvious one, and then you have to discover the rest from there. 
Yeah. Absolutely. And even though I was being brutalised, I had fun while it was happening. So, yeah, who, who cares? Um, looking forward to finding out. that special card, shall we say? Yeah, so I, I, there's, uh, there's one really good card um, that I that people have appreciated when they've seen. I think you probably want to talk about that one. Um, four of the cards are the tests that we've already talked about. Um, so um, shall we look at Inari Agi? Yeah, that's the one. That's the interesting one. <laughs> so I, uh, I, these might well be up on the store by now, but let's, let's have a read just in case somebody's just listening to this. Um, so it's an event. It costs what? It costs minus three rice. You can have one of these. Um, the, this card is purchased in an event and must be given to the opponent, who then may attach it to a valid model as an enhancement equipment card, ignoring faction. Uh, we've put ignoring faction, but then you flip the card over. There's no faction symbol on the other side, handily, so uh, it, it definitely works. And this is in Ariagi enhancement equipment. When a Kitsune model declares an action targeting the attached model, you may discard this card and immediately end that model's activation. And it's got rice cost special because obviously you don't pay for it. So you can get 103 rice warband, but your opponent gets this thing, which is like a trap or a snare, but it automatically works once. Yeah. Um, and yeah That's only the key thing for that, I suppose, is targeting. So you'd want to be just trying to melee it, I suppose, the only thing that you can do. Um, is that one where your opponent your opponent chooses which model it goes on, doesn't it? Yeah, so it, yeah. it's got to be somebody who doesn't already have equipment. It can't be a cami or an animal because it's an equipment card. Um, so I, I guess it is possible that you might find a list where nobody can actually have this thing, but um, it does work for uh, declared action targeting the attached model. So yep. you can use it against ranged. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, it's um, it's it basically just loses your activation when you you might obviously really need it. You put it on your important model that they need to get rid of, and it's just going to stop that in its tracks. So it's a really powerful card for your opponent. But if you happen to need three rice to make your list work, then yeah, yeah, there it is. I think that's and that's a thing I found with it. It's like uh, I mean, if you if you're going for preordained, I think it's worth it. But just just helping you fit what you need into your list what you like uh it's really helpful just have that extra little bit of flexibility does the just talking about like you said you know that you may come across that random list where you may not be able to fit it um would the minus three still apply so i'm yeah, you, assuming you've made your list by that point you give it to yeah your, I was say, you've already point. made the list for that if they haven't because i'm assuming like i'm thinking more like your elite four model ninja list the chances are all four of those models are going to probably have some sort of enhancement equipment card on them <laughs> um so yeah that's that's the way i look at it but yeah that that does seem very good um it's like it, it, it does now because like i said I, I, we, we were talking just before we started the podcast me and craig and i said it the, this box is a uh, the reason it feels so conflicting for me is at the moment in my journey in bushido i've gone from playing real small four model war bands to now really enjoying playing like eight or nine models. And this is sort of smack bang in the middle. I can't do either or either. I have to play in the middle. So it's, it's one that I'm going to have to learn with. And like, like I said, I can get six models and sort of three rice worth of cards. Whereas, you know, taking this world, they allow me to take that little bit extra of equipment or events or, you know, bits to, to really help make that 
solid that or solidify that list, shall we say? Uh, yeah, and you could get to the end of your list writing and sort of realise that you don't need it, and that's fine. Yeah. But um, I think it's going to be it's going to be the, the constant cry of the Kitsune player, like, oh, if I just hadn't bought an Ariagi, I would have won that game. <laughs> <laughs> Stop me just as I was doing the important thing. Yeah. It's the path that you chose, though, isn't it? So yeah, I I, I like these kind of uh, I like I like the minus uh, rice cards. Uh, so hopefully we'll see a few more of those because that's that's a pretty cool uh, thing and. Uh, yeah, it's it's so tempting. I think it's hard to say no to, but yeah, I think you're you're right. There will be quite a few times where you kind of wish you didn't. Um, but uh, yeah, it's uh, it's it's a great idea, a great idea and, and concept. That is just for the followers of Inari uh, as well. So it kind of goes into the theme benefit, and uh, yeah, it's just a bit more interesting than saying kind of like I know just minus one rice off uh, certain profiles and like that. It just it just kind of adds a bit of extra uh, depth to the game. So yeah, I think it's fantastic. Yeah, and it was uh, it was one of the things that came up with every different retelling of the Kitsune uh, folklore, the, the fairy tale, um, is that they they love these rice dumplings, um, and if if there's a Kitsune bothering you and you give them rice dumplings, they leave you alone. So uh, it took me a while to work out how to put that in a miniatures war game, but here we are. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You're basically feeding yeah. the fox, so he leaves you. Yeah, it's great. Um, um, I'm. I'm going to mention Messenger of Inari because that's another really interesting one to me. Yeah. Um, I haven't played a VIM game yet, but I've had this in my list. Um, uh, this is the event card that you can play, uh, which basically lets you choose a new VIM. Yes. Um, so if it's an open VIM, you choose a new VIM and tell your opponent. If they pick your VIM, they have to pick a new VIM. And if it's hidden, you can just cross off your the one you've got written down and write a new one. Yeah. Um, this is really interesting because obviously, if you use it right, then um, even if your opponent works out or knows who your VIM is and gets to them, you should be able to swap it to somebody that they haven't. Yeah. Really plays into the idea. Yeah. Really plays into the idea of the tricksters. Um, you thought it was this one, but actually it was uh, is this other one all along, um, and that. Generally, the Kitsune should be quite good at VIMs because they can some of them can turn back into foxes and be really quick. And if they're in their humanoid form, uh, they're generally reasonably good at combat. So yes, they're not easy to kill. Yeah, they're pretty. Um, so I, I think that's going to be that's going to be a big one. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a great. I mean, uh, I guess could we play Shiho quite? quite a lot me and jack we've we're very familiar with the vim rules because uh it's quite tough <laughs> uh, for nominated yeah yeah but uh this is yeah this is good to see i like i like that i like that flexibility that could be um that could definitely score you an extra point in in missions uh, around vim which you normally have one of so it's a pretty pretty big thing for one rise uh and then there's um three of the cards uh we, we are sort of trying to push for all the cards that come in a box to only be usable with that box because we don't want like just ordinary temple players to feel like they have to buy the Kitsune box to get any of these event cards or anything. But yeah, uh, this was written quite a while ago, so we've still got three of these cards that are just generally available to temple. Yeah, um, And it might be, might be that we start seeing them just in regular temple lists on villagers or monks or whatever. Uh, so there's two folded paper uh, equipment. Um, one of them lets you ignore darkness and breath of your eye, which is certainly uh, interesting for one rice. <laughs> um, if that's a problem that you've been having, then uh, it does yeah. fix it. 
but uh, the other one's fortuitous path, which I think is going to be. Uh, uh, I think this is going to start showing up in Bastions on Senshi. Um, yes, I saw that massive. Yeah, uh, it's cost two, and in the starting phase of turn four, the attached model gains an activation counter. Uh, it's requirement kit soon, but it doesn't have to be in the theme. Yeah. So yes. I think yeah, uh, Senshi who already has vitality. Uh, could well use this on turn four to have four activations. Uh, I think that's uh, that's that's probably one of the things that we might see. Yeah, yeah. No, that, that that makes sense. Um, uh, yeah, the, the, the one rise for the folded paper lantern is is that kind of competing a bit with the uh, the, the monkeys, or is that is there sort of some more thinking going on there? Because their sixth sense generally gets that. Uh, that kind of role done is that just kind of allows different builds? Uh, yeah, it's, it's uh, different ways of doing it. Possibly, um, uh, if you're not taking it, well, you don't always take a monkey, especially in something like um, initiation where points are tight because you want to double up on every element. Oh, okay, yeah, um, that's pretty good for them because they don't get the masters either, do they? So they uh, they might be not so easy to get six cents into. Yeah, I suppose. Uh, 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 and uh, the uh, as as we mentioned before, the monkeys are a little bit too cheap, yeah. um, so we might try and fix that at some point. Yeah, so that that might compensate. That means it. that this will be cheaper than the monkeys. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Um, what, well, the one that I quite liked was uh, the folded paper tiger, and it it kind of seems a bit niche. It's the one that you have to take a test if you're an animal to engage this model. Um, but but I thought in the uh, in, in the other theme, the the uh, infinite monkey theme, um, I'm trying to think of the actual name. Of it. <laughs> That's the one. Um, that could be quite good because if someone does control your friends, then you're quite hard to engage with. So I don't know if that was a thinking or whether it's more thematic or whatever, but I, I thought that's actually that's quite handy if you've got like, a, you know, if you've got kind of like a, a, a very important or central yokai kind of leading them, uh, you can uh, you can give them that. So that's quite good. Uh, yeah, uh, between that and uh, I mean, it's not completely useless uh, generally because obviously gorillas are a thing. Gorillas are a Yes. Uh, well, Silvermoon gorillas are a, 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 an archetype of list, I guess. Um, so you know, when they when you've got them, it's not very likely to be something that stops them. But I think it's going to be something your opponent goes, "Do I want to go for that model?" Yeah. So if you've got a support model that's easy to pick off, and you can put this on it, and then the gorillas, your opponent's just not want to go for that model with them. So he's probably going to be around for longer, giving out his support for longer. Yeah. Um, you already see that a little bit with uh, Iko. Like she's she's a support model, but she can happily hang about near animals because your opponent doesn't want to risk the chance of losing an activation. Yeah, yeah even yeah. if it's quite likely to pass it. Yeah, yeah, that, that's that's true. That um, that did actually come up in the game recently, uh, where where um, I think it's one of the Silver Moon animal handlers is a similar thing, and I I really just. Uh, well, I had a good opportunity, and then it came to play. So it does it does catch you out when these when these things come out. Um, uh, great. So I think we've covered off the the event cards then, uh, or the special cards. Uh, unless there's anything else you'd like to, to highlight. Uh, I think we mentioned most of them now. Anyway, just, yeah, I think uh, the, I think the last one that I can find is the Inari's Veil, which is basically just a disguise six marker. Yeah, which um, is, uh, again, that's limited to the theme, so you could limited to the theme, so yeah, a bit soon. Um, which uh, you know that can 
there's nothing wrong with that. That can help. Um, yeah. Uh, especially on some scenario things to get your the right guy to the right place. Before yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. Before you try and score. So, um, so the box I, in my mind the box offers quite a lot because not only do you have these kind of like nine models uh, that you can play in the followers of the Nari theme. Uh, you can also mix them with some of your uh, your your temple animal builds, which uh, you can do through the Minkan Densho uh, build. I think it's it's largely the existing um, uh, the the uh, existing yokai plus some of the Ronin, so Ashinaga, Tanaga, Eldest Brother, Grey Pilgrim, Kappa, Ryokan and silverback and toshiro i think so you've got uh you've got a bit of uh playing around to do with how you want to build that but i think just having the activations from the animals and the yokai sounds like a pretty good starting point to me um and then you've also got this kind of crossover with bastions because um because the kitsune go into bastions and uh i i, I think that's potentially going to be um a great one to see because at the moment we've we've played against the kind of classic kind of build so many times now and it will be it'll be great to sort of see some some different kind of constructs coming out um and uh and and seeing the the yokai kind of used a little bit more and as we said it's sort of a few profiles that look really good if they were to use in, in that build so there's quite a few different uses then for the box in my mind and uh yeah ho- hopefully that's um uh that's what you intended <laughs> yeah uh one of the other um the things was um even if it's a minor uh benefit um the the, the specialists can always plug a hole in your bastions list because like, if, if your um if your bulls keep getting controlled by somebody then you can bring qb because whatever's controlling them is probably a shigenja um, yes or uh you know whatever it is i, I quite like juco for this because uh is rectifying Shomyo. Um, a lot of people are bringing fire cami right now, and that's across, uh, you know, temple, um, minimal. Right, so. and, um, uh, if you bring uh, Silver Kaya, Moon. yeah, Silver Moon as well. Yeah. Um, so if uh, if they're going to send their fire cami forward to shoot you, then you can probably kill it because a lot of combo attack here, and yes. all of a sudden you get a fire cami, and that's a huge swing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, uh, and what, what we found with that is uh-huh. it's it's not just like one kami. It's you set it up for the whole turn, and in the way you might even get two kami's or more out of it. So that that's uh, it takes a bit of setup to do, but it's got great potential. Of a relatively rice efficient model in terms of cost, it's not that expensive. So uh, yeah, I think when that comes out, a lot of people hopefully will probably be quite excited. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, if you um, if you think about getting two. Kami over the course of a game, you know that's that's sixteen rice right there. Yeah. Um, so he only costs thirteen, so that's a huge swing. Uh, yes. And if you've already played a hundred and three rice list, um, you're, you're severely uh, starting to rack up your rice um, effect. So it's more efficient, shall we say? Um, yeah. Yeah. So definitely, uh, definitely, kind of skewing things a bit there. So that's. So yeah, so there's definitely interest. I, I would say probably my favourite model that I uh, I played around with was probably uh, is it Takaro the uh, 
the one that's got the same name as the the yeah. Uh, <laughs> Takara, she, yeah, she invented the uh, the of the same name. Yeah, but knows how to use it better. So basically, has plus one strength where it normally has minus two. So kind of clearly, uh, clearly knows um, how to how to put the good So. Uh, I just thought it was a really good profile that can um, transform back and forth, very rice efficient, it felt. And um, and, and I didn't even use the, the Requiem, which is another one that I think will get a lot of attention when these come out. And uh, it's, it's completely anti-Kairai tech. <laughs> but if, yeah. if Kairai Kai are your problem, then this is, uh, this is a this is a very direct solution. <laughs> it feels like a very much a Ben... A Ben, a Ben feat. That does, he doesn't like Kairai, <laughs> um, as uh, as we know with uh, Batu, the, the horseman. He, you know, he's very much anti. And yeah, as an interesting thing, because we've been talking about what we put in bastions, and you know, even if you would use them somewhere else, um, because they've got uh, one's got an anti Kairai, one's got anti Kami, that kind of thing. They would actually be really good in order for battle. Yeah, you know, and if you if you come up against uh, Death and Decay, then you put in Takeru, and if you're coming up against, uh, let's say, Nightmares or maybe a Minamoto list with two Fire Kami, you could put in Juko. Um, yes, and I think either one of them would be a, a huge swing in your favour. Yes, yeah, yeah. Uh, absolutely, and uh, yeah. So yeah, I, you know, I, I think I did all of them. The one we probably didn't really cover too much was um, the White Face Box, um, but. I like I like the way that you put in a kind of anti yokai model, so um, which which can play outside of the, uh, the the followers theme as well. So it's almost like if you are worried about some of these models being kind of like powerful or good against certain models, and there's kind of a there is a model that's also quite good against them in return. So it's uh, it's, it's yeah. Um, I the, the... The, her background is that she's um, she's the specialist you call in when one of the kitsune isn't following their correct destiny. So yeah, um, uh, yeah they, the kitsune love to use a lot of key. Um, they like you said earlier, a lot of them have three key, but you're doing two a turn at two cost or three cost each opposed key feats often, and they also boost um, their melee quite a lot as well. I found. Um, so the key block on the white-faced fox is yeah. really useful. Uh, Vengeance Yokai, and obviously, if they try and spot her, they they lose their sixth sense, which they all have. So, um, uh, it's, uh, I do I do quite like the way that that's come out as well, because obviously it's um, just looking at the card. It um, it's sort of an echo of a ninja card. Yes. <laughs> uh, so you, it, it's definitely an assassin. It's definitely got ghosts, uh, anti-sixth sensibility, uh, and she has the unknown tag as well. So uh, we haven't explained that in the, the, the flavor text or anything, but that's definitely something that I'm hoping to see discussion on, see what players think. I think you know, we just have an, an unknown theme that's that's goes across all war bands, every faction. Um, so you could take all the unknown models into like a theme. That'd be really cool. Yeah, mentioned, yeah. If you want to swing that, Jason, I mean, I think you've got the power to do so. Um, she is definitely a quasi-ninja. Um, and, uh, and yeah, so that's uh, that's pretty pretty interesting. And uh, she, she's another one that actually can hit very hard in that range, though she doesn't have the traditional combo attack, so does it in quite a different way to... To how most of the other lists work, so it was quite an interesting tool, and then, and I found like generally I there's there, there's a real tool, toolbox this whole faction they they they're kind of a bit specialised um, 
that's fair to say, but like uh, they, if you get the if you use the right one at the right time, kind of thing, it, it kind of pays off. And yeah, so with her, obviously, if you get the assassin to play, um, it can be uh, be pretty impressive damage output. But more even better if it's against the right targets. So yokai is not uh, not just uh, the kitsune. Of course, it's uh, it's a lot of um, uh, Yure as well, so I'm not really looking forward to that because <laughs> some of my favourite <laughs> models are are yokai. <laughs> so uh, that that could be a bit painful, but yeah, that's no, really really cool. And uh, yeah, I, I think uh, quite reasonably priced as well. So yeah, I'd be interested to see what people make of it. Um, yeah. Great. Uh, any any other profiles or call outs on the uh, box uh, before we wrap up? Uh, I think the only thing we've really not talked about at this point then is the Ninetale Fox, really. I was literally just thinking that we've not oh, yeah. really talked we've... about... Um... It's uh, kind of an interesting one because um, I don't know if it was different during playtesting, but I, I, I kept rem- remembering that I used to send it in to do a bit of melee every so often. Yes. It's only two dice, but um, whenever it makes a challenge or a pose test, it can roll any number of its own dice, so you can pick and choose which dice to roll. Yeah. Um, which is obviously really powerful. So usually it's okay in melee, but um, I think it's it's obviously a support model. It's got no good abilities for combat, uh, and it's medium-sized, so it can get shot quite easily as well. Uh, but its feet, uh, which is a very limited resource, uh, is I think is quite key to the faction. So um, yeah, it's a, it, obviously it's a cami, so it's got it comes with nine health, which is its nine key. Uh, yeah. But it's um, it can spend one for its feet, which basically lets you re-roll one dice in a test, uh, which again is really good because it means you're not re-rolling the whole thing. If you've rolled a one and a six, you just re-roll the one. Um, yeah. Uh, and yeah, basically, uh, if you if you can play it right, and keep him alive, then you're going to get nine of those throughout the game, and that's that's pretty good. Yeah, I I agree. It's just, uh, we probably did gloss over a bit. It's it's. Uh definitely a fantastic source of re-rolls and also fantastic for list building because it, it's the cheapest model at nine rice so it kind of just helps you fit in all the other ones which tend to be around kind of you know, more more around the 18-ish kind of level um, but I also use this one in combat quite a lot because of those re-rolls so you can you can get you can be quite tanky if you need to be with um, being able to re-roll your dice but also you could kind of look to have an extra uh, a cheeky attack every so often and against things like far kami because you're you can't get set on far that was quite a, a handy way of trying to deal with some some sort of unusual targets like that so um yeah it was it, it was definitely uh definitely a, a useful one to have with that m- movement of six as well quite uh quite good at kind of turning people around so that you one of your other uh uh you know combo attack faint models can get that that attack run in that they need so yeah it was again it's kind of looks like a bit of a pure support model but it's got a lot more to it than that it's actually kind of a bit more of a utility model in, in that sense so i think you don't really want to let it uh, get hit too hard and lose all those wounds because it doesn't have durable so that's yeah, that's yeah. that would be a massive shame <laughs> to lose uh, all those rerolls I think it's probably worth a lot more than nine rice if it was available everywhere as well. It's this is sort of a, a hidden theme benefit, yes, um, yes. Which we've done again. We've done with uh, the wolves and and the other uh, sub factions, um, especially on like uh, Suki's tireless feet, 
uh, would easily cost three or even four if it was just generally available in any faction, but it costs one because she can only use it in that thing. So similarly, this guy, he costs nine. Um, he's worth more than nine easily, but because the faction is so limited in model choice, uh, it, it, we can put a few slightly powerful things in and uh, it's not going to uh, affect the, the balance between factions in the whole game. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's that's, that's a fair point. I think um, playing around with lists, so because you've got you've got the two mo- existing models already, you've got the two other models coming down uh, the line as well, and, and what's in the box. It's I, I, what is it something like ten models you can play around with, and you've got six that you're probably going to be in your warband. So it it felt like there's still quite a lot of uh, you know list building, and you can also use the uh, the cards that come, but also the temple cards, and I did use the temple cards quite a bit as well. Uh, just some of the the classic uh, the classic cards, like I think it's Moment of Enlightenment and Grinto, things like that, which work just equally as well with these guys as I do with uh, normal Temple of Rokan. Definitely, uh, oh, Moment of Enlightenment <laughs> and uh, Prayer Beads in my yeah. list. Prayer um, Beads, yeah, that's another good one. Yeah, so uh, yeah, uh, they. I took finesse like as well again, just to slightly increase their their, their currently average melee ability. Yeah. Um, it didn't really come up yesterday. Nobody had brutal really. <laughs> uh, it didn't come up at all in all three games. No, no. Uh, my great pilgrim did not need finesse at all. So, so yeah, it's cool. great. Great. Well, um, I've had a lot of fun playing these guys. Uh, as I said, the first game didn't go particularly well, but after that, it kind of clicked into place and they've done pretty well for me. Um, but I, I do sort of see like they are, as we said, a bit of a finesse faction. They do rely on only three melee dice models, but they've got a lot of uh, a lot of guys and rerolls to kind of get the damage in. But that in itself is quite unusual because it's a, a temple of rogue analyst that's actually does like to do quite a lot of damage so kind of getting your head around all these all these unusual things that it's trying to do um and and the movement as well and the kind of mobility and what can transform and and what can't and and sort of you know what can go back and forth and all these things i I think it's a little bit of a learning curve but yeah once you've got that uh then there's there's a lot of uh cool interactions and i'm sure there's more of that uh that we'll, we'll see as we play with them a bit more uh so yeah so it's a it, it, it's been it's been quite a journey, but it's been pretty good fun to see uh, see how they they work. So thanks for thanks for sharing them with us first. I should probably say uh, just so that we can be a bit more informed about uh, this update and hopefully uh, hof- hopefully get a little bit more um, uh, bring a little bit. Yeah, well, thanks for doing this. This is really good. Uh, obviously, these uh, are going to be available at Gen Con and they should be available on the store uh, while Gen Con is on. Um, GCT will start previewing them on. Uh, the Tuesday before Gen Con, so whenever this goes out, um, you, you're going to be one of our first um, parts of our marketing. So you'll be the first people to get your opinions out there. So I'm, I'm looking forward to see what the players think and how they react to the the box and also this podcast to see what they uh, what they like uh, um, for the new Temple subfaction. Yeah, I for one, I think this is going to be definitely my first dabble into Temple. Um... It may not be enough to make me play monks, but it's definitely um, it's definitely a box that I want to get and play and add to my list of projects with Bushido that I don't really have time to fulfil all of them. But it's going to be on there somewhere. Yeah, I, th- I think it's it's for, for me it would be a no brainer to uh, to, to to kind of 
pick up a few monkeys so I can do both of the themes in the box because I've already got the gorillas and things like that. So it's, uh, yeah, so when you get these kind of Venn diagram overlap points, uh, you've, it's, it's pretty cool. So, yeah. Um, well, there we go. I'm looking forward well, to Hopefully, it. if the models are out in time, you can bring them to... I know you like to speed paint, so you can have them ready for Bleeding Moon at the end of so, September. I'm very much looking forward to getting my hands on the actual models and, and getting them painted. <laughs> I might take a bit longer than my uh, than the uh, Void Monks, because I don't feel oh, like I, <laughs> I had to put mine out to uh, a, a painter, so to get my box set at least turned... A uh, box set, QB and Colter actually turned around under a week, so I could take them to Gen Con. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Oh, well. I, yeah. yeah, I think they look pretty good considering. They are yeah. lovely. They are yeah. really good. Yeah, that's that's impressive. Um, yeah, fantastic. And yeah, I, I, I'd be really interested to hear what people think about the models as well. From what I've seen, they look uh, they look really, really nice. And, uh, uh, you know, like you said, a bit bit different in some ways, but uh, pr- probably for the best. And like the, the Fox models having a bit more kind of volume and presence on the table is is probably a good thing and uh you know through the size and things like that so yeah i'd be interested to, to see what people think but yeah really keen just to get my hands on them as well and get them get them painted up uh so yeah so you successfully got me into another faction technically uh i think there's, I think there's only ryu and minamoto left so we'll see see what you can do there i'll, I'll do some convincing on minamoto <laughs> i don't play ryu so uh, I'll, I'll convince you of minamoto at some point yeah fantastic cool. Okay, great. Um, well, yeah, sorry, you go, Jack. I was just going to say thanks to Jason yeah. for coming on. It's um, it's always good to get insight from people that, that see things from behind the scenes, you know, as us guys just doing podcasts from what we've played and, and um, you know, from our experiences, it's always good to see, you know, from the development side of things, how you think they are and, and your thoughts on them. So, yeah, I really appreciate your time coming on. Uh, no, I, I I really enjoy doing these, so thanks for having me. Um, it's uh, like I say, it's, it's most of these uh, uh, are something that I've been waiting for years to see what the players actually think about them. So it's it's good to finally get to talk about them. Yeah, patience pays off. So there you go. But no, thanks thanks a lot for coming on, and uh, hopefully we've done them justice there. And uh, yeah. I've, yeah, really looking forward to what people uh, make for all these and uh, have a great time at uh, Gen Con. And uh, yeah. Yes, uh, I'm not jealous at all. <laughs> yeah, thanks. Uh, I'll, I'll, for anybody who's at Gen Con, I will have the box set and I'll be playing them on the booth. So if you want to bring on your Bushido models and play against a 100 Rice uh, Kitsune box, uh, I'll be there all weekend. Um, but uh, yeah, they, they will be on sale uh, along with... Uh, various other bits and pieces uh which i'm not privy to uh at gen con um we don't i don't know exactly what's going but uh, there should be some cool stuff there um and yeah uh thanks for having me on and hopefully we can do this one either for uh the, the well the next box set which might either be a brand new faction or a jung sub faction i think oh, is it a shark box because <laughs> i think we could have that <laughs> Fantastic! Oh well, that that's uh, that's exciting, and uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll close it, close it off there. So thanks a lot again, Jason, and thanks uh, Jack for your time. Um, Gav Gav had to drop out uh, unexpectedly, but thanks Gav as well, and uh, hope everyone enjoyed the show today. Um, and uh, yeah, we're uh, we look forward to future episodes uh, with with all this great stuff. So uh, yeah, lots to look forward to. And we'll leave it there. So bye, everyone.